0: hey it's david and ellis this week's episode was recorded just a day or two before we heard about the untimely passing of comic book titan darwin cook who meant a lot to not only the both of us but to everyone who is a fan of comic books and who works in comics um so we just wanted to take some time before we get into this episode to just give our condolences to his passing and to his family um he meant a lot to me as an artist and as a writer. I, he was you know, wildly influential to so many different people and really helped make the retro style of cartooning and mainstream comics. I feel like popular again. It definitely brought a lot of it to a lot of people's attention that maybe had overlooked that style.
1: Um, definitely.
0: I know last year, Ellis actually got to meet him at a convention yeah. in L.A.,
1: uh in anaheim actually it was a wonder or was one yeah it was WonderCon. Mm um yeah i got to he was there was a few people lined up for him not crazy lot but uh this was just i was just starting to read his things like i got into dc new frontier right um and then all his like different variant covers were coming out Mm -hmm. uh i think the month previous to that so I was like oh cool I get to meet him and all that Get everything signed and just Say hi yeah. Um But to hear that he's like Gone now it's just like That That sucks like he was a highlight Of that convention for me Kind mm-hmm. of thing Yeah. Um, Cause he was one of the biggest guys I met that That year mm-hmm. And it was just like To hear that he's gone it's just whoa Like life is real
0: <laughs> True story
1: Um if anyone is
0: not familiar with him, um, fuck off, because he is amazing. And like Alice said, New Frontier is one of the best graphic novels. Well, I guess it was a comic series. Whatever. It's one of the best stories that's come out in many, many years. And definitely,
1: it was also um, a movie.
0: Yeah, many people are familiar with the cartoon movie. The book's way better, obviously. Yeah. Um, but not only that, like I, I would highly recommend tracking down his run on the spirit, his Batman spirit crossover. His uh, Parker adaptations are incredible. Some of the best visual storytelling. Um, his run on Catwoman. There's just it goes on and on. And there's so many different things. You know, he, he left behind just a a, a a wealth of material for people to enjoy. And uh, he should be celebrated as just one of the great creative minds of the comic book medium. Um, yeah. And he's definitely going to be missed. It's really his passing has really affected me. And I know it's affected Alice too.
1: Um, yeah. And like, as you said, his whole art, it, it was just, it changed a lot. Like I was used to the whole, how Greg Capullo draws and how yeah. Jim Lee and all that, the like a little more rough, but his mm-hmm. was just old time cartoony, which hit me like when I was a child growing up with JLA and Teen Titans and all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, for for people who may be more familiar with the cartoon stuff, he is also the person responsible for the intro to Batman Beyond. That was him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was him. And so do yourself a favor and go out and find everything you can of his and enjoy because it's some of the best stuff you can treat yourself to and he will be greatly missed. And uh, with all that being said, uh, I guess... Yeah, that's what I do. I like to have a vibrator while I record this podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of 80 Page Giants. I am your host, as always, David. With me is my partner in crime, Elise.
2: He's lying.
0: All right, and the one, the only, the wonderful, the magnanimous, the ebony icon himself, Mike Espinos.
2: Not actually ebony.
0: But still an ebony icon, some would say.
2: Only in some areas.
0: I would say. There you go, and then it's been said, so I win. Um, This is a podcast that does not come out often anymore, but it still happens, you know. Um,
1: It's still a thing. Yeah. Sorry. We have
0: fluctuating sound quality, thanks to Ellis. I don't know what the fuck he's doing right now. Um, But yeah, so we're here, (laughs) Um, and we're queer. And this wrong, but
1: okay.
0: (laughs) And this week we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that's been going on in the comic book and comic book movie world since our last episode, which I think was thirteen years ago.
1: Uh, uh, um, sure. Yeah, I think
0: we were on Napster was the last time that we put out an episode, but it's popping. If you want to listen to our old episodes, you can hit up Napster or Kazaa. Or listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash 80PageGiants or SoundCloud.com slash 80PageGiants. Either one. uh, Or iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and review our show. Uh, Mike, you also have a show that's now on iTunes. Am I correct or is that not correct?
2: No, it's correct. Uh, The Honest Teacher Podcast is on iTunes. Which, by the way, nobody who listens to our show should ever be listening to my other podcast.
0: I disagree with that. I've listened to both.
2: Wait, you listen to this podcast?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I listen to it every week. Just That
1: is a lie.
0: No, it's true. I, I, I give it a spin. Lies. I give it a spin to see how well I do, pretty much. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what I do. Uh, and I sent Ellis notes, so I don't know why he's pretending like I don't listen to it. Um. So yeah, don't listen to this podcast or Honest Teacher Podcast, because there's probably better things you can do with
2: your life. Drugs. No uh, Hey,
0: let's talk about our favorite uh, types of heroin to do. Blacktar. Oh, tell us about it.
1: It's the best. It's uh, mm-hmm. you don't want to get it on your skin. It might leave uh, some marks
0: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm.
1: are unneeded.
0: Like a stigmata kind of thing.
1: Yeah, kind of like uh, the marks that Civil War left. Uh, oh,
0: sweet transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about it. Talk about it. Civil War just came out, or as I like to call it, Avengers Three. Uh, Steve Rogers is a bag of dicks.
1: Yeah. That um, uh that perfectly suits it.
0: Yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, Civil War, the movie that took Captain America from beloved Marvel superhero to just the biggest douchebag ever. Yeah. Um, as always, with everything, lots and lots of spoilers ahead, because, you know, fuck you.
1: Spider-Man and Superman die next to each other holding hands. Yeah,
0: Spider-Man, his real name is Martha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Batman just starts freaking out about it.
0: Yeah, his also his name is also Martha.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what did we all think about the movie?
1: I honestly enjoyed it.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> like I was impressed. Were
0: part... You guys were impressed.
2: I was not impressed.
0: Oh, you were not impressed. Okay. Talk about it.
2: Well, let Alice go first. He enjoyed it. So I want right. to ruin his parade once he's done talking.
0: All right. It's a pride parade. That's what we do here. <laughs>
1: Like, I mainly enjoyed all the Ant-Man stuff because I have loved the Ant-Man movie Mm -hmm. um, since it came out. Uh, There was that and just, sorry, Um, that and all the stuff with Bucky. Like, he's not trying to be evil, yet people are still trying to ruin his life kind of thing.
0: Well, he was framed for assassination attempts.
1: Yeah, multiple.
2: Yeah, he, he did kill some people. Well,
1: yeah, that's true. Did he? I don't really remember. So
0: what you most liked about most dark. about Civil War was
1: Ant Man. Just Ant-Man. purely Ant Man.
0: And I, I agree with that. He was definitely I mean, I really thought Ant Man was great. I thought they rolled out Black Panther very well. I'm very excited for the next Black for the new Black Panther movie. Oh that
1: too. Yeah.
0: Um I went into this movie like pretty much team cap and I walked out of it like, man, Tony Stark really had a lot of good points. And, you know, Captain America's kind of a dickbag. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I went in Team Cap, and I still came out of Team Cap.
0: This is the thing. You can't be like, hey, bro, uh, here's a video of my man's uh, snuffing your parents, and now we're going to beat the shit out of you. Like, well, you really can't do that and come out, like, being cool.
1: Well, to be fair, Iron Man started that fight. They did not want to fight... But Iron Man just said, oh, he killed my mother. I have to fight him.
0: I mean, that's a pretty fair feeling to have in the moment.
2: I, get, yeah. I could see his motivation for that. Um, and I get that. And but... they
0: weren't just fighting to get away from him. They were beating the dog piss out of him.
2: No, I agree with that. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that statement. I just... I, I still don't... Um, I still just couldn't get behind the whole Iron Man thing. It made... Sense only because I've read the comic books, I felt like if you weren't somebody who's familiar with the Civil War story, mm-hmm. it made a lot less sense. Like, his motivation was like, but we did stuff that's bad. And, I mean, you have done stuff that's bad, and now suddenly somebody's pointing it out to you and you suddenly care. Right. I mean, that totally doesn't jive with Tony Stark's whole attitude towards everything throughout every other movie. Where he's just like, "Well, oh, yeah, but I fixed it. So, this time he's like, some lady showed me a picture of her kid.
0: I agree with that. No, I I do agree with that, and I think that is another one of my problems with this movie is they constantly wrote themselves into holes, and then they did a lot of weird stuff with people's characters that just seemed so out of tune to who they are. You know, like, exactly on point, the thing with Tony Stark all of a sudden giving a shit, and not only that, but the thing about Captain America not being uh, reasonable.
2: Yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, he's, he's a pretty righteous dude, and suddenly he's just like no no it's it's he was almost like a single issue voter where you yeah. can't tell them a thing because they just know they're one fact and that's all they're sticking with and i didn't really get like i get the fact that falcon was with him um but i didn't or bucky was with him but i didn't really feel like falcon was there for any other reason than well you know i eventually do captain america stuff so i guess i'm on team cap because reasons
0: well they're like boys and shit and I get that. And I do think that like, you kind of do have to get rid of Falcon for the end of the movie cuz I cannot imagine Falcon be like also on board with the beating the living shit out of the poor guy who just found out that Winter Soldier murdered his parents.
2: No, I agree with that. I, I mean would. in the scene with uh in the scene with War Machine, we see that Falcon's just like, "Oh, well, this is kind of real. I'm going to I'm going to take yeah. a step back here yeah. and just kind of see if everything's okay."
1: Yeah, and then Tony blast him for which was like, funny. Our-
2: that was awesome.
0: Um, I I'll say so. Like I think that's what it comes down to me. Just like Cap just seemed way too unreasonable for his own good, and Tony Stark seemed way too bleeding heart for his own good. You know, like those aren't necessarily like traits I attribute to either of those guys.
2: No, they actually played each other's character. Like it was. Yeah. They were they were very opposite for where they should be, and I don't get, I don't get the. The writing behind that, because they could have easily done it the other way.
1: Yeah, it didn't feel like a civil war movie. It just felt like oh, Batman v Superman, but with Marvel characters.
0: I think it was a lot more lighter than Batman v Superman.
1: It was lighter. Well,
0: it was beta. certainly funnier.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yes. Yeah, they made a. Uh, they definitely made an effort to make it make sense on why they were there. But right. there's a lot of things about it where I was like, I agree with David on the whole writing themselves in the corners like with with Wanda. Yeah. What were they doing to her? Was she she was an internment prison or was she visions like human test subject or what was going on there?
0: Um, I You know, I, I don't know. They, they were hinting at other stuff with them as well. You know, Love. but uh, it was just, oh, you know, you know what I do want to talk about real quick. Hawkeye continues to be the most boring fucking character in the universe. Like, who gives a shit? Fuck that guy.
1: It just needs a well, gift. My kids are
0: too. my kids are gonna be mad at me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Clint. You don't even
1: have kids in the actual stuff.
0: Like, oh my god, Clint Barton is so fucking boring in the Marvel Universe movies.
1: Yeah. Well, even in the books at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um. So what do we uh what are we ranking the this movie?
1: I watched it a few times. I brought it down. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Like, Uh there's reasons all like that would actually make sense for me to enjoy it, but I cannot think of them. So the viewers can just imagine why. Like, probably viewers.
0: You mean other people who see the movie?
1: Listen, listen. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Okay. but yeah, I brought it down to like a three point five.
0: That's what I said.
1: Yeah, because I what? realized after a while it was just like it was just heroes fighting heroes for no reason. After a while,
0: just yeah,
1: cuz because Bat- it's cool and Batman v Superman did it, so why not?
0: Well, I think superheroes fighting superheroes is really a big Marvel trope. Uh, my other big problem with the movie was the fact that the like, you know, like kind of like what you're saying, the the. Fiddlings of the movie were the heroes like Baron Zemo didn't have to be there. Like he brought nothing to the table. So uh, yeah, I give it the same ranking that I gave Batman V Superman. I thought it was enjoyable at parts. I don't think it was a perfect movie. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It certainly wasn't better than the other Marvel efforts. You know, um, I, it really felt like Avengers three to me.
2: I agree. It felt like Avengers three. Honestly, if you took the air uh, airport scene out of the movie, uh-huh. It would be a terrible movie. Yes. And that kind, of was, that kind of was weird because, like, if you just have the airport scene, just that scene, easily four, four and a half for me. It was a great scene. Everything yeah. I ever wanted was there. Yes. Especially a- Ant-Man just killed it. Yeah. Um, no,
0: Paul Rudd stole Giant Man.
2: Oh, yeah, Giant Man, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, all I'd, up in there.
0: I've never seen anyone in any of these movies steal scenes from uh, Robert Downey Jr., who is arguably the better actor out of everyone in any of these movies. And he's just so commanding every time he's on screen. But Paul Rudd completely did it.
2: Yeah, I am not saying Paul
0: either. Rudd's a better yeah. actor than Robert Downey Jr., but I'm saying that he really took over when he was there.
2: Yeah, no, he I agree did with that.
1: amazing in this movie. Yeah.
2: Um, The only other scene that I really like stood out to me was a setup for the airport scene when you got Cap, Falcon, and Bucky sitting in the Beetle.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that was
2: good. That was that was absolutely awesome.
0: Well, I also like the chase scene, you know, when they're all chasing after Winter Soldier.
2: But I felt like that would have been a normal component in any other Marvel movie. Like literally if you took the airport scene out, it still could have been a Marvel movie and it still could have been pretty alright. Yeah. But that airport scene just elevated it beyond. Um so that really
1: Honestly, if they just put Black Panther doing that kick flip thing. On uh-huh. Cap's Shield on loop for hours, I'd be happy. That's weird. But alright. I'm
0: with it.
2: What if we just had Black Panther doing the like the kick flips against Cap's Shield, and every time he did it, we'd have Doctor Strange jump out.
0: Then I'm out. What? I am super not interested in Doctor Strange.
2: Oh man, I want some strange. I am. I've heard that about you. <laughs>
0: No, I don't know. I, I've never really cared for the character, so I can't say I'm particularly jazzed for the movie.
2: I am. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It was one of the few trailers where when I watched it, my jaw literally dropped in the middle of it. I just was I couldn't believe they're doing it.
0: I I don't like that the ancient one is some bald white lady.
2: To be no fair one likes it
1: for some reason.
2: Yeah, to be fair though, oh. Tilda Swinton is not anything. She's she honestly is more... She's the most realistic, like, comic book character because she just is so strange and alien.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about other white watching real quick. Um, Ghost in the Shell starring Scarlett Johansson. Anyone give a shit about this? No?
2: No. Nope. I, I haven't cared about Ghost in the Shell since I was, like, 15.
0: Which is normal. I'm just saying that it's weird to me that, you know... They're doing the all white version, I guess.
2: There was, a, I think it was, was it Last Week Tonight who did a thing on Hollywood whitewashing? It was pretty good. Um, I mean, the long and the short of it is, yeah, we know Hollywood whitewashes stuff. So, so, <laughs> it's, you're going to go see the movie. You could realistically get anybody else to play stuff, but, you know, we get Tom Cruise to play an Asian and we get all this other stuff. And it's. it's when did it's, Tom Cruise ridiculous. play an Asian? Was it Last Samurai?
0: He wasn't playing an Asian. Well, though.
2: he wasn't playing an Asian, but let's okay. Let's put the whitest <laughs> guy you can also, imagine into all
1: right a movie about Scar- samurai. Scarlett Johansson's not playing an Asian girl either.
0: But what I'm saying though, Ghost in the Shell is an anime movie.
1: It is an anime movie, but Scarlett Johansson's playing an American character.
0: I think the point though is you're injecting that into what is already an Asian movie.
2: Let's just assume I'm offended because I'm white and obviously I'm offended for somebody else.
0: All right, that's fair. Um, So, Civil War 3.5? Yeah. Right? Mike?
2: Mm, four. Maybe. Four and a half if it was just the airport scene, but four. But
0: it's not. It's a full movie. Yeah. Where they beat the living shit out of a man who just found... Look, Look, look. if we're somewhere in a filthy bunker and we find footage where Ellis murked your family, I would take a step back and be like, all right, guys, well... Yeah, I guess you two got to work this out, because I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, like, help him beat the dog piss out of you during this terrible emotional moment.
2: Okay, I've got to say, nobody caught the the dig at Batman vs. Superman. No. Where Cap says, oh, his mother's name is Sarah. Falcon's like, I don't care what his mother's name is.
1: I didn't get that at all. When was that?
2: I've got to find the time point for it, but...
1: I saw this movie multiple times and I don't remember
2: that at I've all. I've been trying to find it since then, going back and watching it over again. Mm-hmm. But I've been watching it out of order, so it's—I I know it's in there—and I found the quote for it, but nobody has a timestamp for it.
0: But I don't recall that at all.
2: I'm telling you, it's in there.
0: Okay, all right. More con- uh, tune in next week for uh, movie conspiracies with Mike Espinosa.
2: Wait, we have to record two weeks in a row.
0: Oh yeah, it's not gonna air, but we're definitely gonna record it.
1: Okay, I've got a question. Did, uh-huh. it, did it bother anyone that Iron Man easily destroyed Winter Soldier's arm? No. Isn't his arm made out of vibranium?
2: The arm might be, but it has to attach somewhere. You gotta yeah, find the big point. He
1: didn't destroy he, the arm. He, he blasted ripped... it towards the elbow. He ripped it off. No, he shot his little laser beam in like Hold on. Where little his elbow laser
0: is. beam is really short. I mean. His the... pulse
1: repulsor rays, whatever. Uh-huh. He shot that towards where your elbow is, and that's not where it connects. It connects to his shoulder. Like <sighs> and he easily destroyed it. That shouldn't have been a thing. I will say it did not bother me.
2: No, it, it was possible. Me.
1: Nope, it bothers me. Um, If nothing hurts Black Panther, it shouldn't be... Like, his arm shouldn't be able to be destroyed like that.
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, Blast from Iron Man's Repulsor Ray, that up close and personal, you know. He
1: was up close to Cap's shield and nothing happened to it. It's the Mm -hmm. same metal.
0: Well, Cap's shield also took a blow from Thor's hammer.
1: That's another thing cap shield it works weird like spider-man points it out but like it'll take i think that was a
2: from- joke that no that's how vibranium works though vibranium if i'm not mistaken uh the idea of vibranium is that it's not the strongest substance adamantium is but what vibranium does is it it's a comet i think it was comet metal that landed in in wakanda, uh, wakanda. yeah it landed in wakanda and that's like their entire economy is based on it. And vibranium is absorbs the energy from everything that comes in contact with it. So that's why, like, when he had the Panther Ring on, it freaked out with B- uh, Bucky's arm. Is Wait, that vibranium so... is like it's like tuned differently to the universe, and that's how it absorbs bullets and all the other energy is because the vibranium itself, um, it, it just like sucks up everything else around it. It's like black Go hole ahead. metal.
1: Okay, so cap shield it can absorb thor's hammer it can absorb tony's blast Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like a missile from a little like tank truck thing he just gets sent flying like i don't think that's how that works
2: as the missile expands around the shield yeah if the shield itself is just taking it the missile though has additional um, uh energy that expels around it
1: yes but like there's a bolt of lightning striked at your shield. You don't move an inch. Like. Right, but
2: that's that's vibranium. Point to point contact is it absorbs yeah, everything. Point to point contact. It's anything that goes around the shield. That's why um, Spider-Man's. You know, Spider-Man says, "Oh, take out his legs," because the shield absorbs everything. It's it's you know everything else around him. Anything that expands beyond the shield.
0: Hey, let's talk about comics. Uh, Wonder Woman Earth 1 finally came out after being talked about years. for years.
1: I think, like, a good solid three years they've been discussing Wonder Woman Earth 1. Since they introduced the Earth 1 stuff.
2: Um, I don't know about... 2011, that was when they introduced that, I thought.
0: I don't know if they've announced her that late, though. Um, but That's anyways... Bigger.
2: They got so, their Batman and Superman before they talked about her, and they've yeah, and both definitely. of those have like two or three volumes each, and she's just yeah. got hers.
0: Yeah. Well, also hers is fantastic. Oh yeah. One of the best Wonder yeah. Woman stories I've ever read. Like it, it's when I was reading it, I was like, okay, because it's very different than other Morrison stuff that he's done. But you know, like the more like I spent time with it afterwards, and like would think back on it, it's a really good book.
1: Yeah. The art is fantastic.
0: You know, Yannick did an amazing job on all those pages. And uh, it's – I don't see it getting talked about as much as it probably should be.
2: No, it's a phenomenal book. The only issue I had with art was too much lasso as, like, border.
0: Yeah, but I appreciate what he was trying to do within a graphic novel. (laughs) You know, like he was taking a lot of artistic risks. I thought his Paradise Island was the best I've ever seen.
2: It's Gorgeous. Uh, yes.
0: It, it just really stuck out to me in my head. Everything about it was great. I, I, It just felt so real and so lived in. And as a big of a Morrison fan as I am and all of his tropes, like this book felt very different.
2: It also felt plausible. Like it was the first time in a long time where I, as, as a big Wonder Woman fan where I've actually felt like they understood the character and had – like they, they understood where she fit into the world and made a purpose for her where like, they're really struggling right now with the whole gods and Olympus thing. But yeah. earth one is just, that was a phenomenal wonder woman story.
0: Yeah. It, it's definitely like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how well it did when it came out, how well it's been received. I haven't seen a ton of stuff about it, but to me it more than lived up to its own hype it yep. had going into it. You know, I don't really see DC pushing it a ton.
2: No, I, I don't think I've seen thing. a single like featured review on it or anything. Nothing's nothing's they're, come across.
1: They're pushing that Legends of Wonder Woman thing a lot. That and Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah. Well, Suicide Squad is the big moneymaker for them right now. But I think uh, Earth One Wonder Woman is definitely something that deserves. If if you read anything, if you're if you're a very casual comic book reader, and I don't know why you would fucking listen to this podcast if you were. Um, maybe for food. I don't know. Um, It's not
2: like we talk about comics, so they might.
0: No. We talk about food more than we talk about comics, or at least we used to.
2: Oh, man, I gotta tell you about some food.
0: Oh, sir, this is the podcast for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. The artwork is amazing. The writing is amazing. It's very different from all of Morrison's other work. Um, and I cannot say enough great things about it.
1: Yeah. It's it's definitely higher up than what I expected it to be. Like on okay. my list of like favorite books. Yeah. Like it made it there. It made it to, it made it to the, uh, like the top five area. Of the year? Um, I think of all time now. Of all, I
0: don't know about that.
2: It's no.
1: I've read a lot of books.
2: <laughs> I think what it has you going see, for it most. You've
1: read a lot of books. I have. Been opened up that much. Listen, have you
0: read that? Batman 10 Nights of the Beast? Have you read that comic? Yes. That's a we top. A... Yeah, <laughs> so that's sticking... a top five, definitely.
2: Just <laughs> stick to Grant Morrison, read Arkham Asylum.
0: Arkham Asylum is not that great of a book. Yeah, it's... I don't really like it. It, uh, oh. it has not aged well.
2: No, it's good. I like it. I like the. I like how he wrote so much with implication well, rather than like just yeah. overt.
1: You also like. <laughs> Uh, chain wallets and what? what it <laughs> again? I'm trying to uh, remember. Gone are Are talking
2: about when yeah. we had to educate Ellis on the 90s? Uh, I'll give you my my thing on on Wonder Woman. Please, let's hear it. All right, so with Wonder Woman Earth One, um, they may not have like pushed it hard now, but I think it's one of those things they realize that they're going to have a readership because it's a graphic novel. Uh-huh. It's part of the Earth One series. People will discover it. And it's going to just be one of those things that's just enduring and goes on. It's like how people are still buying Kingdom Come 20 years later.
0: Yeah, which they just announced a new thing for. And yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ, how many different versions of this are you going to release?
2: Well, they're actually um, having a special release party near me up here. Uh-huh. Where Mark Wade is actually coming and doing a big release party for it. And the 20-year anniversary party and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got to meet him at C2E2, so I'm not really going to make my way out there for that because... Um, no, I don't like other people.
0: Sure. You say other people?
2: I don't like human beings.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's fair. I thought you said something else.
2: Um, no, no just, just <laughs> human, human beings in general. I don't okay. like being around them if that's I can avoid fair. it.
0: Um, yeah. I, so you think it's going to be enduring? Yeah. I just and I mean, like the earth it, uh... one series
2: is overall pretty good. I, I don't have any major complaints. I don't feel like there's any story that's missed. You know, obviously there's stuff where you're the just
0: Batman like, Batman stuff is pretty fucking awful.
2: Well like that's a story, yeah. Um but it's one of those things where you're just like, Well, yeah, it's a Batman story. It's it may not be keyed to your time or your your Batman, but there's there's something to it. But um, um. Yeah, it's it's not great, but <laughs> it it's still it's still readable. Um there's worse, trust me.
0: Yeah. Uh hey, you know what else is happening? No, tell me. DC New 52 is officially coming to an end uh, this oh, month. This is it.
2: It wouldn't be coming to an end because they're hitting issue 52, would it?
0: Um, yeah. I, <laughs> do, I
2: they think... have,
0: like,
2: do they have, like, a voodoo guy at DC who is just like, oh, shit, you can't do anything unless it has 52 in it?
0: I think uh, they were looking to do something new. No pun intended. And... This was just like a happy accident. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the perfect time for us to bail
1: out.
2: Yeah, well, our, you know our line a perfect is perfect
1: time to bail out. What's that? You know, it's a perfect time to bail out
0: when she says she's pregnant and it's yours. Yes, true. True. Shout out to all the deadbeat dads listening to eighty page giants. We support you, the way nice. you do not support your own families.
2: <laughs> oh, good lord!
0: <laughs> what What? what?
2: Oh. I'm gonna get to see some of those kids tomorrow in school.
0: Hey, shout out to kids in school that Mike hangs out with. Um <laughs> But yeah, so New Fifty Two is it's coming to an end. Uh, I thought there's been some interesting stuff that happened, you know, over the course of time. And uh, we are kind of getting uh, back to old D C but maybe not really. It's like a continuation of what's happening, but I, I don't really understand rebirth or the purpose of it, but Mm. new issue number ones, and there's going to be a fucking lot of them. Yay. And they're going to be coming out twice a month.
2: Will there be 52 of them?
0: Oh, I don't know, actually. Maybe.
2: Probably. Here's my thing. My my major issue with this whole thing is that they're, they're responding to fans who've complained and complained and complained about the new 52. Uh Uh-huh. But the people I meet that complain the most about new 52, I ask them, well, which books did they read that they didn't like? And, Nearly universally, they say I didn't read any of them. Right. If the New Fifty Two wasn't awful, there was there was a lot of good things to it. Yeah. It gave it gave Batman fans one of the greatest villains of all time or villainous groups, the Court of Owls. Mm -hmm. And there was so much that came out of it that was good, and yet everybody just shit on it because it was the New Fifty Two, and you know we don't do that here in DC. Right. Yet, you know, maybe they're distancing themselves from it, but. I think the thing is is that the people who complain aren't buying comics anyway. I think there needs to be a way for people who are like, listen, I bought this comic. Is there a, a code I can put in the back to actually tell you what I think of it? Because the people who are buying comics, when I stood in line with them to see Greg Capullo, mm-hmm. were, these were people who were reading the New 52, and they were fans. And
0: well, I mean, but to be fair, Batman was the top-selling DC book and has been since the New 52 relaunched.
2: Right, like but there's people there was a guy who was telling me how upset he was that All Star Western didn't make it. All Star like, Western
0: was a pretty solid fucking book.
2: Yeah, and I agree with him. And I totally agree with him. Although I think I only made it like ten or fifteen issues in.
0: Same.
2: But um like I agree with him that it was a great book and that's a dude who probably got brought on board because of the new fifty two. He may not have been reading comics or yeah. might have given it up for a while or went back and found it, but I mean, that's a book you don't hear about all the time. And New 52 is a solid, a solid run. Yeah, everything's had, there's been some issues where you're just like, what the hell are you doing?
0: You know, what was great from New 52 that never gets uh, gets spoken of is Grant Morrison's Action Comics run, which was unbelievable. People love shitting on New 52 Superman, but the Action Comics run that Grant Morrison did with Rags Morales was fucking incredible. Some of the best Superman.
2: Yes, definitely. And I liked I liked weak Superman. I know that nobody else did. Nobody.
0: Nobody besides a single besides human you. being. But Literally only you and Alice's dog.
2: Yeah. And he put that dog down. He did. But um, no, like I had, even when I went um, and I talked to to Cooter at Suit 2E2, he was like, I'm all alone in this booth. Nobody wants to talk to me because I was on underpowered Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, Can you sign my comic?
0: (laughs) Well, at least you were the one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I mean, it was nice to see. Superman has always been, to me, has always been a very weak character writing-wise because how do you write somebody who's both super-powered and super-weak at the same time? You know? Because, ooh, Kryptonite, he can be hurt by a rock. Like, everybody else is able to function where Superman's like, I'm suddenly incapable of doing anything. Yet he's... I think Kryptonite get
0: overused, but I mean, not so much anymore. But I mean, I think that it, it goes to the types of stories that you tell with Superman. You don't tell, you know, like Superman, it should be these big, grandiose, sci fi thriller stories. Like, that's Superman book. Superman isn't Peter Parker, nor should you be writing Clark Kent like he's Peter Parker. Like, it, it's, you know, it, it's what you don't go to the grocery store and be like, hey, I would like, uh, watermelon and also i would like a pack of beer and then you just buy two watermelons walk out and then complain when your beer doesn't taste or when your watermelon doesn't taste like beer you know it, it's you go it's that's
2: the strangest damn analogy i've ever heard
0: no but what i'm saying is though people want like okay it's like superman is too powerful but you got to look at the types of threats and and obstacles that they're trying to tell and accomplish with these stories they're not trying to tell the guy on the street books that you know are supposed to be, like, super relatable. It's supposed to be, you know, high sci-fi fantasy books, not, like, oh, what if Superman was weak? Then he's not Superman anymore. These aren't the books that... These aren't the stories that they're trying to tell anyways.
2: But when they went to the fantasy, like, arena with Superman, dude, you just got to read those, like... There's, like, three books in there where they really just captured... They captured what makes Superman, you know, Superman. It was, it was very much... A, a Superman, like good old farm boy, good guy Superman story, mm-hmm. but without you know without all the all the powers and it was very cool. But I know convincing you to read that's gonna be like convincing you to, to uh accept Eminem into your heart. Nah.
0: It's not gonna happen. It's just not <laughs> happening.
2: Um But there was I mean there was other shining examples like Grayson. I started well. O- I was always okay with Grayson. I was never a huge fan like a lot of other people were, but there was a lot of people who really had a hard-on for that series.
0: I think Grayson started out with a lot of potential and was really interesting the first few issues and then quickly devolved into just nonsense.
2: I think they tried to tie it in too much with other stuff, and that was where they lost it.
0: Yeah, the whole Midnighter thing, which was weird. Um, was pretty badass. (laughs) Yes and no. Midnighter in Wildstorm comics is pretty badass. Midnighter running around as a regular part of the DCU makes no fucking sense because he's a Batman analog.
2: No, yeah, he doesn't fit in. But, like, the character himself is just kind of badass. No,
0: the character is fine, and he was great in The Authority and in Stormwatch. I'm not knocking the character. I'm just saying I don't think analog characters of, you know, like— his uh, husband or whatever, Apollo's an analog for Superman. I don't think either of them fit into a DC universe where those actual real versions of, of those characters exist, you know, I agree with that. then it's like, Oh, this is the other, you know, dark oh, hey, Knight. it's not Batman. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I don't know. It's a little
2: strange. It's Batman uh, with beatdown sticks. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Um, so new 52 is coming to an end. Rebirth is on the horizon. And I gotta start saving up my lunch money, because holy shit, there's gonna be a lot of comics coming out.
2: yeah, twice honestly, a month.
0: and also a lot of comics I'm actually really interested in.
2: i I think I'm gonna start trade waiting soon because I just I don't know. I haven't I haven't been feeling it. and I, I'm excited to see Tom King's run on Batman. That's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting, but am I right Is it, it's Tom King right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. I'm interested to see what he does with Batman. I I think that Batman's needed a new writer for a while. As much as I love Scott Snyder, um, I think that 50-something issues is a really long time to write. Mm -hmm. But um, also, I'd like to see Scott Snyder get back to a lot of his other work.
0: Oh, he's Uh, locked in for All-Star Batman, so... Yeah,
2: but I want to see more witches. That was awesome.
0: I think he has an exclusive with DC now for the next X-Men. I think also uh, Brian Hitch was saying he has, like, a 10-year exclusive contract with DC or something. Jesus. Which, you know, is interesting, I guess.
2: Uh, Hey, you know what? DC's willing to pay for the talent, Um, as long as the talent continues to produce. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to just rope in Mark Millar for something just because.
0: I don't think Millar is a good fit for the main DCU.
2: No, I don't think so either. Honestly, although I'd like to see him... uh, You know what? Mark Millar was a great writer early on with other people's books, but lately I don't want to see him on anything that's not his book. And speaking of tying it in a Batman, Greg Capullo is working with Millar on something. So he is. Is it, yeah, I, think I think it's, it's Emp- that- is it Empress?
0: No. No. no was, their their book has not been announced. It's still hush hush.
2: Yeah, but so. I'm I'm patiently waiting to see what that is because if Capullo's involved with Millar, it's going to be it's probably going to be awesome.
0: I just want more starlight. That's all I care about Millard doing is more starlight.
2: I want more, uh, more Jupiter.
0: Well, that's actually uh, wrapping up. I mean, they're going to do the Jupiter's uh, circle or legacy or whatever. The, yeah. Jupiter circle is It's about to wrap up, I think tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, the Wednesday prior to us recording the, or right after we recorded this. And then uh, they're doing the legacy book with Frank quietly. And I think that's it.
2: I know, but I want to see more because it's every time I every time I read any Jupiter, it's just phenomenal.
0: I prefer Jupiter's Circle over Jupiter's Legacy too. I think yeah.
2: it's
0: way far and beyond the much better book. Um, all right, so that's that. Any last words about New Fifty Two or Rebirth? Wait and see. Alice. Yes. Okay. Cool. Thanks, out. <laughs> Okay. Well, we love you all. Thank you for listening. You're beautiful people. Um that's a lie. <laughs> you're probably, there's probably some fucking ugly people out there. You know if you're ugly, just stop listening. I don't want your fucking I don't want you to listen to us if you're ugly. Yeah, free time, try speedballs. Hey <laughs> try speedballing if you're free and ugly. Um I think that's it.